feel great. I feel I feel so light and liberated now. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That rocks, but we can just get right into it then. Cool. Let's do it to it. And welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. And guess what? I got something on my mind. And what I got on my mind is that this is my hundredth freaking episode. Can you believe that? Over three years, three and a half years now, I've done the pod and uh, finally hit a hundred. You know, we've had some um, periods of time where there were less episodes than others, but uh, up to a hundred. And I didn't even realize that until after we were done recording. So it is not acknowledged even one time with my guest. So missed opportunity for me. Uh, That's what you get for being a bimbo baby uh okay so just want to say shout out to everybody who has who listens now who's if you're a new listener if you've listened for a long time i appreciate y'all and i like doing this so thanks for sticking with it anyway not to get all schmushy gushy but uh let's switch tunes all right if you like the show You can find me on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit, one word on all the stuff. As a special treat for me, you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to it. That would be nice. Give me a little rating and review. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash screen vomit. I have bonus clips on there, bonus eps, um, video content. There will be a clip from this episode going up soon. All right, let's get to my guest before I ramble on into eternity. My guest today is my good pal, longtime friend, musician, rocker, absolute king, Dylan Combs from the band Townsell Turner. And he has a new album out and y'all should really listen to it. It's called Felt Like Eternity. He's got a cute new music vid. He's got some cute old music vids and uh, he really rocks. So check out his shit. And if you stick around at the end, I added on a tiny little bonus clip. Um, We kept talking after the official recording was over. So I just threw a little slice of that in there at the end. So you'll get a tiny little bonus on top of this too. And check out the episode. Here it is. believe that I have been so lucid in our pre-chat because I am actually going on day three of having a fever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. And also just as long because of the fever, I've been locked inside my house with not speaking to any other humans either. So. <laughs> oh no. Do you have COVID? No, I got my I got a, my second booster on Monday. Yep, that's that's the thing. The booster's kicking my ass a little bit. <laughs> yep. I hate to say it because, you know, you want to encourage people to get the boosters, but it did make me a little ill. Yeah. And now I've just had like this low-grade fever 
for over a day now. So I'm out of like the hard part of it, mm-hmm. but I just have like a one degree fever and uh, it won't go away. Can't get, just can't get rid of it. Can't I don't know. It. But uh, that's the fog. Can't, can't break it. <laughs> that's, that's the fog part of it. Yeah. I swear. The brain fog. Shit. Yeah. I got some of that. So, so it's actually been amazing that like my brain is functioning at all. And it seems like it's working pretty well. So you had me for I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. I gave you no warning, but I just think it's really interesting. <laughs> All right, so Dilly, you just dropped a hot new album and a hot new music video, true or false? That is true. Are you my forklift certified friend? I actually am uh illegally driving a forklift <laughs> in the video. I think for the sake of the podcast I'll say yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am. <laughs> one, I am 100% forklift certified, and don't look into that any further. <laughs> don't call the cops. Don't call the cops. Don't call OSHA. Imagine, see- <laughs> Imagine seeing a music video and calling the cops to check on if the person in it is forklift certified. <laughs> oh. What an insane thing to even think about. Honestly, that would be great. That would be the greatest thing that could happen. Well, hell yeah. And that was filmed by... Our friend Perry Wesley, true? Yes, it was. A very, very talented person. What a guy. I know. What a person. Love him. (laughs) Well, your vid rocks, and uh, I haven't listened to the whole album, just the video, but I'm sure the album rocks too, because all your albums rock. Oh, well, thank you so much. So what is your experience with movies? Do you watch a lot of movies? You famously, one thing I do know about my friend Dilly is uh, you have a job that got you working crazy ass hours. That's very true. Do you even have time for movies? I'll say this. I am the world's number one casual movie watcher. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good at casually watching a movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can just sit down and watch the shit out of it. And oh, yeah. so casually, <laughs> without an iota of critical thought. But Okay, you just let them wash over you. And and I'm there for the ride, yeah. Hell yeah. Do you have like a type of movies that you particularly go for? I don't. I feel like I definitely lean more towards sci-fi mm-hmm. than anything. Uh, just That's I'll... sci-fi for the non-Southern heads. <laughs> You're gonna... Should we have announced that Dilly's from Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> we got a Southern boy on the pod today. I think you're the first one. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm honored to I be can't an think ambassador. Of another t- <laughs> 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 to be a spokesman for the Southern people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another person I've had on who had a Southern accent, at least. Well, keep the translations coming. I feel like they're going to need a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it would be funny to rag on you there. Um, <laughs> so you lean towards sci-fi. I do lean towards sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. I do like a good bit of horror. And uh, honestly, I think my least watched is comedy. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't watch a lot you of comedy You know, that might be movies. fair. Because I think comedies are less made, too. Yeah, you know, it's hard to mm-hmm. make something funny. Especially ones that aren't problematic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and in features. Like, I watch a lot of comedy, but in short films. Mm-hmm. And most normal people aren't watching short films, just me. That's cool, though. Cool, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the stupid things, so I can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> 
All right, so for today, you picked the 2018 film Overlord. Mm-hmm. I think you picked this off of my list. Yes. Um, so what drew you to this film? Had you heard of it before? I, had, I don't think you'd seen it before, right? I hadn't seen it before. I had always seen trailers for it and said I would really mm. enjoy watching this, I think. Because it just looked weird from the trailers. Yeah. And I said, I, I, at some point, I'm going to get to the bottom of that. and lo and behold here we are and it was on your list i said well this is as good a time as any to check this out hell yeah so i actually saw this movie when it was in theaters in 2018 but i knew absolutely nothing about it going in except for one cast member and i saw it just because (laughs) so i used to watch the show agents of shield okay you ever watch that show kind of like the the marvel spinoff with uh yeah colson and all those peeps i think i watched a few episodes of that are there people from that show in the movie so the guy who plays agent fitz on agents of shield uh his name i don't know how you say it. I've never said it out loud, so apologies in advance. But Ian DeCasticker is my guess. Okay. Um, but he, is, yeah, he plays Fitz on Agents of Shield. I love Agents of Shield. I was deep in the sauce of it at this time. Mm-hmm. One of my fave shows, and um, he is in this movie. So all I knew was, wait, there's a movie out, and Ian DeCasticker's in it. Yeah, I'm going to see that. So, like, I literally knew nothing about it. Absolutely blind. Hadn't seen a trailer. Nothing. All I knew was that this one guy was in it. And I went and saw it. (laughs) So sick. Which I think is, like, an incredible way to see this film. And I have to, before we get too far, spoiler alert this episode. Because this is a movie that can be spoiled. I, I always talk about everything that's in every movie, but... That doesn't usually, that doesn't always spoil the experience. If you know what happens in this movie, it will spoil the experience of watching it. So I think so. Watch it first if you want to watch it (laughs) (laughs) and you haven't. Um, So spoiler alert. All right. So I'm going to go through some of the cast and stuff here. Um, This is directed by Julius Avery. They haven't really done anything else most people would know. There's some short films that I recognized. One called Jerry Can I hear about sometimes. I don't know. That's basically it with them. Screenplay by Billy Ray, who wrote Hunger Games, Gemini Man, which we did on the pod, Richard Jewell. Um, And then years later was rewritten and punched up by Mark L. Smith, who wrote on The Revenant. This is produced by J.J. Abrams. In the cast, we got Wyatt Russell, who is in the show The Falcon and the Winter Soldier currently, um, is also a celeb son, son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. John Magaro, who is in Orange is the New Black, or was, I guess. I think that show's over. And, of course, Ian DeCastecker fits from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like I said. That's pretty much like the big names, I think, that are in this. And for critic scores, this has 81% on Rotten Tomatoes and 81% of Google users love it. So it's an 81 type of movie. All right, I have a tiny little, um, like the one sentence plot summary. Um, I'm going to put it in the chat if you would like to read it for the people. How about that? Sure. All right. So it's a movie about a small group. Lost it. (laughs) It's a movie about a small group of American soldiers finding horror behind enemy lines on the eve of D-Day. Hell yeah. That's it. (laughs) There's your synopsis. That's it. 
one one line synopsis because I didn't want to get too detailed in the synopsis. Even <laughs> we don't want to spoil it too much for the people. <laughs> this was also initially, I guess, this movie was reported to be uh, when it was just starting production. Uh, was reported that it was going to be the fourth part of the Cloverfield film series. Interesting. But they they changed their mind at the last minute, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rumor has it after the third one flopped, they go, "Uh, never mind, this was never involved with Cloverfield. (laughs) 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 Which rocks. Yeah, a lot. Thank God, because... (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even... I don't even know that I knew there was a third... Cloverfield. Oh my god, it's terrible. You've seen it? I've seen it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a direct to Netflix special mm. and oh my god. I didn't like the second one. A lot of people did like the second one. I didn't care for nah, it. No, that one was weird too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The swing and a miss and a miss, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one, I worked at the movies when the first one came out. Yeah. Yeah, we had to like put signs everywhere for like people getting motion sickness and it was like it was a huge ordeal, I, the first one. You know, and I could see that, too. And also, what a cool job. Working at the movies? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, you just you get to work with the movies all the time? That's so cool. <laughs> uh, cool might be a stretch. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm overusing the word cool here. I need to, I need, I need to tone it down a bit. <laughs> but... I didn't... I mean, I mainly was working, like, box office and stuff. I guess... When I worked at the movies, I worked at the movies for like three years when I was probably like 16 to 19. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made like $6 an hour. And I moved out of my house, out of my mom's when I was 18 years old. And I was making $6 an hour working part time at the movie theater. Um, That didn't feel very cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's, you know, that's fair. Yeah, I had to do like double and triple shifts, work weekends. I would go like weeks at a time with no day off. Uh, Sounding familiar, Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. We're, we're starting to get there. Yeah. But uh, but I except that I was only making six dollars an hour. Actually, after three years, I was up to six twenty. Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> That's criminal. And uh, what's even worse is that was above minimum wage at the time. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, minimum wage was five, fifteen, I think. Oh my god! Yeah, so it was like, hey, look how cool we are! Like we pay above minimum wage, you know? <laughs> um, we pay six dollars an hour <laughs> for you to like clean up people's puke and shit and stuff. Oh my god! Doesn't that rock? Uh, yeah. No. What kind of movie theater <laughs> were you working at, too? <laughs> What kind of uh, movie? That was at an AMC. Shout out to AMC, baby. Hey. Um, I also worked at the Dollar Movies before that. That was like my second job ever was at the Dollar Movies. And yeah, I got fired from there for sneaking in to see Hostel as a 16-year-old two weeks before my 17th birthday. Now that's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it think... was dumb as hell. Someone with that kind of a drive and passion for movies, and you're going to kick them out. You know? Shame on them. Yeah, that's what I think. But look where we are now. Right. (laughs) Who's laughing now? That theater is closed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so opening this movie. So Operation Overlord was actually the name of an operation during World War II. So that's like where the name of this movie comes from. 
But that was the operation that launched the Allies' successful invasion of Nazi-occupied Europe. So that is kind of still what's happening in this movie, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it starts off, it wants to be kind of true to what was going on back then. It's like sort of, but also sort of not. Right. Um, Because even though it is set in a sort of reality, like it is set in a real war during a real battle that did take place. It splits off from reality pretty early and it's actually not meant to take place in reality at all, which becomes evident uh, the, <laughs> fur- the further we get down the line, the more and more evident it becomes. But even from the beginning, we are centered on a couple of black soldiers. So like one of the general, I think that's what he is. I'm not that familiar with army rankings, but a guy who is a boss, a sergeant, something like this, I don't know, um, is a black man. And then one of our main characters is also a black man. And soldiers of African heritage were not integrated with um, white units during World War II. That hadn't happened yet. So even just having black people and white people serving together was not really a thing at this time. So already off the bat, it is diverting from reality. And then other things like Wyatt Russell, he plays like the mean army guy. He has long hair and a beard that would not have been allowed in the army. And also was not even like, that wasn't a style that dudes were rocking in Mm-mm. whatever, the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and you never see throughout the film any use of a swastika. They don't mention Nazi racism at all. Like You know even they though, don't, do they? No, even though this is a Nazi film, they talk about Nazis, how we think of Nazis or Nazi symbolism is not really seen in the film, except that they are clearly just bad dudes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) The star, the main guy, um, his name's Jovan Adepo, uh, who plays Boyce, had said like they weren't trying to make a historical movie and they were reluctant to depict racism just for the sake of historical accuracy which i respect Mm -hmm. and he was like casting wasn't race-based so like they weren't necessarily trying to get like diversity points or anything like that they just wanted whoever had the strongest they wanted the strongest cast yeah they wanted the strongest cast possible and if they happened to be a mixed race cast then that's what they were going with and you know as the movie goes on like stranger things happen than having (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. you know i think that rocks yeah i think as far as that goes they hit the nail on the head because i did enjoy you know i didn't know really any of the actors Mm -hmm. in this film going into it but i thought everybody who who was in the movie gave a pretty solid to strong performance yeah they were perfect i think it was it was perfectly cast everybody did such a good job Mm -hmm. down to the little kid that we meet later like even him his little ass he's like five years old or something <laughs> but but he sells it so well rocks. like you can yeah. <laughs> so i respect that and this is what i like to call a hell yeah movie now what i mean by that it's a movie that makes you say hell yeah 100 <laughs> percent and uh, and you know nixing all of the racism aspects of this time period that they could have included just makes it even more so a hell yeah movie because you're never going hell no yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
You're just you're just the only thing they want you to focus on is either saying hell yeah, saying hell yeah, or being weirded the hell out like yo. <laughs> and I think that rips. Focusing mm-hmm. on hell yeah is what we all should do more in life. You know what I'm saying? Amen. <laughs> So so in this first scene, we're mainly following this guy, Boyce, who is incredibly nervous to be in the army and whatever he's doing. So he takes a chill little nap, wakes up, bombs going off everywhere. Planes are exploding all around them. One guy gets ate up by bullets coming through the floor, just ate the fuck up. <laughs> it is it is truly like hell on earth within the first five minutes. Yeah, it's absolute chaos. It just rocks. I mean, they use a lot of practical effects in this movie too versus CGI, which I think really adds like an amazing texture to the film. Mm-hmm. This first thing with the plane exploding even was done by rigging a plane onto what's called a gimbal which is like a big old thing that lets a thing tilt (laughs) a big old tilting device um they rigged a plane an actual plane onto that actually blew up the front and tilted it like it was falling through the air and made stuntmen go tumbling through actual fire so like no way you're kidding me no that's for real you're kidding me oh my god (laughs) And I think you can just you can just always tell when there are practical effects being used and just the whole world feels more tangible and more realistic and the stakes feel higher. That makes so much sense now because I watched it and I was like, man, that is like some really good CGI. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. It wasn't CGI. It's real, baby. I mean, they're obviously like computer generated sure. aspects to like the larger scope of the scene and what's mm-hmm. hap- what they're seeing through the windows and stuff like that. But like the action is practical. Wow. And that's, I think that rocks. That's impressive too to get that out of a set. Hell yeah. I don't even know like how do they get this movie made is just absolutely beyond me. And but you know so here's one thing i think about this movie so i i did see this in theaters like i said when it came out Mm -hmm. i feel like this was not talked about people did not see it i didn't see ads for it like i feel like this movie really flew under the radar it definitely went as soon as it came it feels like you know yeah when did this even come out was it like towards the end of the year it was 2018 but let me see i have this weird feeling that it was like a christmas movie (laughs) September. September okay. 22nd. So, like, definitely just, they, they put it out and that was that. That was that, sort of yeah. Deal. And, like, even at that time, like, I was pretty much finger on the pulse of, like, movies coming out and stuff. I was seeing movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of it. So, I think something went awry with like mm-hmm. the advertising of this film and I don't know what it is but I think this is like an unsung hero of a film for sure so anyway how did I start talking about that I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm just I'm I'm like I wonder what the story is I guess because it seems like there was like a fairly significant budget put towards this film mm-hmm. and then no advertising and then you never hear about it again so like it's all- I'm just like what's going on there it's almost like you know and, and clearly it, it did have some sort of budget to it but mm-hmm. definitely not what you would see with like a block 
blockbuster movie. So what I'm guessing might have happened is the the producers and the uh, directors they they got their money for the movie and they were like, okay, let's put as much of this into the actual making of this film. Mm-hmm. And they didn't put any of it into, or you know, what was left over they put into advertising, and they just yeah. didn't care as much. About advertising. I'm reading $38 million budget. That's yeah. That's pretty significant. That's that's significant. Yeah. Just interesting. And they barely cracked their money. They had gross worldwide $41 million, $41.5 million, roughly. Huh. So they barely cracked their budget, but they cracked it. But like how? Yeah. <laughs> With no advertising. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the word of mouth is truly underestimated then. Maybe so. I don't know. So anyway, they have to jump off this plane all of a sudden and it's just absolute chaos madness the main guy lands in the water and has to cut through his parachute and come out like jim carrey style out the rhino's ass (laughs) 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 but it just looks cool as hell there's lots of even for being like sort of uh i guess it's kind of like a a b-horror sort of movie like that type Mm -hmm. of genre anyway there are still like really cool shots in this film too and i think that was one of them just like the parachute on the water looking all crazy i would agree with that it's definitely a standout i think yeah and everything feels like it feels like a really scary loud world like (laughs) it feels really chaotic they just do a really good job with that yeah it definitely makes you feel like you're in a war at the beginning of the movie they do good at that. Yeah, it made me wish I had a bigger TV. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to see this big ass style, big Willie style. And I'm looking at it small Willie style because I just got a little ass TV. <laughs> but I was like, man, this would be sick on a big screen. Of course, I've seen it on a big screen, but I want to see it on a big screen again. <laughs> Watch it on the biggest screen possible. So he gets out of the water. Obviously, since things didn't go to plan with his team, everything is just... People didn't make it, let's say. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) There's guys swinging from the trees by their parachute. It is very morbid. Just straight up from the bat, like even when we were on the plane... You're seeing some cool gore. Mm -hmm. The guy getting shot up through the floor was awesome. People being lit on fire was awesome. Then looking at the visuals of him, like, walking through this forest with just, like, guys everywhere, like, hanging from the trees dead on their parachutes. Yeah. uh, Looks just insane. That was so sick. It was awesome. And then just how you're there kind of taking in this moment of just... Almost, uh, almost overwhelmed by all of the chaos going on, and it's, yeah, you know, it's really cool. The main character, I mean, he is kind of like representative of most people, you know, for sure. Like he is scared. He does not want to be in war. <laughs> no, he does not want to be surrounded by dead people. They mentioned later on, like that there was some situation where like a mouse was infesting his stuff and he wouldn't even kill the mouse Mm -hmm. yeah he's just scared and terrified and doesn't want to be there and so he is the main character that uh, the film focuses on and that's who we stay with and that's who we identify with and I think that was a really good cool choice to like make him a central character yeah Mm -hmm. make him someone who's so relatable to the audience I think that even heightens uh, some of the crazier shit. Yeah, definitely so. You know, it, it's almost like a lot of the time it feels like you're, it's a first person view of what's going on almost. Yeah. 
even though it's not there, you know, not to confuse anybody because there's not hardly any first person view shot in this movie, but it does make you feel like you're there, like watching it, you know? Yeah. Like right behind him. He's such a good actor and you're just with him for sure. Yeah. Now, I think he ends up with Tibbet, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. In total, they find five people, five mm-hmm. people total that have made it off the plane. And they're all on this one mission to make it to this church that the Nazis have a signal blocker on that's blocking all radio communication. And they got to knock out this signal blocker so that mm-hmm. they can get air support to the beaches for the whole D-Day stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That's like their main mission the whole movie that's what they're trying to get to there's a whole lot of shit that happens between here and there though (laughs) (laughs) yeah 100% of the five pretty instantly one guy dies but like very suddenly and in a way that they had just made you care about his character like he was (laughs) he's like talking about this book he wants to write in the future and like making all these plans for the future and you're just like oh you're feeling so much hope for this guy and then suddenly he steps on a landmine and just dies instantly explodes that was sick yeah and and voice is selling it so well because he's just there going he was there yeah and then he wasn't he's like clearly in shock it's that was incredible they also stumble upon this like fucked up dead creature in the woods which you kind of don't think anything about but if you think about it is foreshadowing mm-hmm. for what happens later and yeah then, and then they meet a lady who they kind of force to lead them to town and she speaks french And so does the main guy, boys. And throughout the movie, we'll see that, again, like, we stay with his character because all of the French dialogue is translated. It's subtitled. But almost none, if, I don't know if there's any at all, of the German dialogue is subtitled. It's not. Yeah. So that Boyce can only understand French and not German. Uh, And same with the rest of the guys. I don't think the other guys even understand French. So in that way, we're still also like staying with his character, with his experience of the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That is. You know, and I I thought that was strange. At first, I thought something was wrong maybe with the (laughs) captioning. I was like, well, normally they're translating this. So I wonder what's going on here. That's a really cool aesthetic choice, I think. Yeah, so that we only understand what he understands. And in that way, it also makes it kind of scarier Mm -hmm. because we don't know what the Germans are saying, what they're about to do. And we're just kind of having the same experience that he is. I think that rocks. So they get back to this girl's house. Two of the guys, there's four of them now because the one died. So four people total. Two of the guys go off to meet to see if anybody else made it out of the plane, basically. And then the other two have to hole up in, like, the attic of this chick's house because a bunch of Nazis come in. Mm -hmm. And they kind of watch her basically almost get raped, sorry, rape trigger warning, Mm -hmm. by a Nazi. As if Nazis needed to be badder, you know? (laughs) I already know they're bad. But, um, yeah, this dude, like, almost rapes her. And then they can't take it anymore and come down and, you know, fight the guy off or whatever. I don't know if we needed 
that? No, I feel like, <laughs> you know, you know Nazis are just terrible yeah. in the first place. You don't need to reinforce that anymore yeah. than it already is. And so if if there's anything about the movie I don't enjoy, it's probably that they they felt like they needed to add that for whatever reason. They, yeah. they could have definitely delivered the same effect, you know, <laughs> without doing that. Yeah, I just... I think. I don't know if they need him to just like come in and be threatening. Okay, yeah. like they're they're threatening that they're even around. So I don't know, but yeah, I didn't love that part. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it does it does end very quick, and you yeah. get back to you know the mission. I think yeah, the mission, and also I think it's starting to kind of drive the thing because that isn't that the officer of the town that they confront in that moment? Yeah. So like the mean army guy, I can't remember what his character name is right now. Uh, Mm-mm. Ford. Ford yeah. knocks this guy out, knocks this Nazi guy out, and tells Boyce to go off and try and get the others so that they can continue on their mission. So he heads off to try and meet the other guys, but he ends up having kind of his own experience happen because first thing he sees once he gets to the church area is that he watches the Nazis dump a truckload of sick alive people on the side of the road and flamethrower their ass. <laughs> yeah. Just with no regard. Yeah. And he runs and hops onto a truck to escape like a guard dog and ends up on his way inside the church compound, like right into the belly of the beast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And is also just like laying in a body of corpses in this truck. And once he gets inside of the church, just sees all kinds of crazy ass shit. Yeah, this is definitely like the turning point in the movie for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, where you're going, something else is going on here. So I loved it. I I think this might be my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. What you're getting ready to talk about. It's almost like walking through a haunted house once he gets in there. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> or like and, sitting on one of those little cars like that rides through a haunted house or something. Haunted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every oh time you God. get down a hallway, like you're looking to your left, you see something fucked up and crazy. Looking to your right, you see something fucked up and crazy. <laughs> There's people in like little like padded cell type things that are like screaming. We go into a room where there are people hanging in sacks with like uh, this tar being pumped into them that looks kind of like blood. So I wasn't sure at first even what it was, but later on mm-hmm. they talk about the tar. And there's one room where there's a lady who's just a head and spine. And she's, yeah. she's alive with just her head and spine dangling, um, screaming like, please stop this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so fucked up and twisted and insane. Yeah. But everything looks so sick. Yeah, it's definitely, they really out did themselves i think in that area like like that particular set of the movie they make it look so good you know yeah it's gross it's grotesque (laughs) you know absolutely and so and and all the while you know he's not only is he freaked out but he's scared to death because he's still so far behind enemy lines at this point yeah he was just like oh god (laughs) and he kind of ended up here by accident so like he's not even prepared he doesn't have a plan like nothing well what plan would you have for something like (laughs) that it's just like that would be game over for me i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) the second i see a severed head and spine talking to me in a language i don't understand i'm calling it peace (laughs) see you later (laughs) 
So we know how to get Dilly off of this earthly plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to, if you ever want to rid yourself of me <laughs> swiftly, just find a severed head that can speak fluently, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, and I'm out. That's it. We've seen enough. <laughs> yeah. He finds his friend in here too, one of his friends mm-hmm. who has like a crazy machine stuck to his tummy that they have to pull out. That is like, this is probably not a good movie for people who have like a needle thing, I would think. Yeah, definitely not. If you have any sort of phobia with sharp, piercing objects. Yeah. This ain't the one for you. This ain't the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, I got to admit, it made me kind of queasy because, you know, he finds his friend. He's got to pull that thing out of him. And we don't know, like, where the other end of this thing is or, like, what it is, what what it's doing to him. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, we got to get this thing off of you to get you out of here. And it has, like, a bunch of, like, eight-inch-long needles on the end of it. Yeah. Honestly, it, it, the needle looked bad. I'll tell you what bothered me. Hmm. It was the stitches. Hmm. They had they had the pad around the needles, and they stitched it to him all hmm. the way around. And mm-hmm. he is just, you know, Boyce is looking at it. And, and the way they did this effect where it just peels off of his body it's it's like yeah. the visual equivalent of watching nails on a chalk or <laughs> nails on a chalkboard yeah it's gotta be so the needles didn't bother you the stitches bothered you 100 percent. yeah i mean yeah mm-hmm. it is pretty gross there's there's a lot of just really gnarly gore in here but everything's so well done that it's almost just like i'm like in awe like i don't even care that it's like gross or like fucked up i'm just like Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This yeah, is some shit I, mean, I have never seen. And somebody, how do you even fucking think of this? What's mm-hmm. happening here? <laughs> it's wild. It is, it is so crazy. So he takes the guy back to the house. Um, and they're all back there now. Everyone's reconvened at the lady's house. And the mean guy, I keep not remembering what his name is and just calling him the mean guy because he is a mean guy (laughs) um ford (laughs) Uh, i kind of called him some variation of asshole or the evil guy throughout my notes (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) ford is kind of beating the shit out of the nazi to try and get info on what's in the tower fucking his ass up with some brass knucks Mm -hmm. and at some point that guy kind of pretends to be knocked out and Chase, who is the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., goes to get him. And the Nazi guy steals Chase's gun and shoots him twice. And Chase was historically, throughout the film, just a very sweet character. He's a photographer. He's not even there to do war. He's just kind of like this boyish, like, cute young man, you know? Mm -hmm. So for him to be shot is, like, pretty heartbreaking. It's pretty, like... It's like extra violent somehow. For sure, I mean, it's a very devastating moment in yeah. the film because because I was rooting for him to make it back. It's like, come on, he's he's documenting all this weird shit. He's got to get it. You know, he's documenting this war and he's he's got to get this stuff back so he can develop it. That's all he wants to do. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to do that. And he has like a very slow like wheezing death where he's like begging not to die and like (laughs) they just really like draw it out like they really know how to fuck with your emotions in this film i think Mm -hmm. and how to coordinate 
the violence and also the emotional aspect of your connection to the people experiencing violence. I think the way that they navigate those relationships is so well done in this film. Maybe the best part of this film. Because mm-hmm. they know how to make you like really love someone and then really make you suffer for them. <laughs> 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 I think no that rocks. Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get too attached to anyone in this film. Yeah. So I think that they just do that really well in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has like a long drawn out like wheezing like, please don't let me die. I'm going to be okay. Right. And then like passes away. Totally death. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Boyce, when he was in the church, had found these big ass like syringes full of something. Some- question mark (laughs) when he was at the church and uh he just took one he has it with him so he just like gives the shot to this guy who's dying not knowing what's in it and he comes back to life horrifying but he's like way too strong his veins start popping out his bones break in his neck his head like swings back and all his bones snap and stick out of his chest that was like that's an insane. So gross. Yeah, that's just an insane visual. I guess that was done with like old school puppetry and animatronics. Like, yeah, you know, he's just sitting there going, "I don't feel so good." Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Craziness to see, and so. so they're like, "This is a demon guy." So they shoot him with a machine gun, like a lot, a lot. Uh, you know, a lot. A they lot. straight up machine gun <laughs> his ass. You know. <laughs> And that's when we finally get from the Nazi, who previously was not really willing to give up any information, says out loud something like, a thousand-year Reich needs thousand-year soldiers. Sure. So that's when you get that, like, they were or are in the process of creating, like, a zombie army or, like, some kind of unkillable army. Something to do with immortality one way or another. They're definitely trying to... Make people that can't die. (laughs) They can't die, but also they get, like, extra strong. Yeah. They're, like, indestructible more than just, like, immortal. They're too strong. They can't die. It's madness. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. But what a cool concept. Yeah, really. And that's, that's, I think, what makes the movie so unique. there, There is really not another movie like it in that regard, I think. No, I think, yeah, it's so cool the spin that they put on this story and the Mm -hmm. spin they put on just everything happening here (laughs) (laughs) when i watched this in theaters i just remember being so surprised and so like every new bit was exciting to me yeah every new piece is like something i hadn't seen before it's also it's like at that moment that's that's truly the moment where i think all the soldiers left Everyone involved has this kind of eureka moment of, we need to finish our job and, and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are, like, thoroughly freaked out at this point, I think. Yeah. They, they just had to kill their friend yeah, again. Yeah, because even after they machine gun him, he comes back to life another time. And then that's when Boyce has to squish his head to death. Yeah. That's when they're really like, okay, now we machine gun this guy down and he still didn't die. That is like very fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and after watching him do the head snapping bones come out thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Big yikes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the Nazi guy grabs 
um, the girl's little brother and runs off with them using him as a shield and there's a big shootout everybody's trying to get the boy back before he gets away with them but they don't quite make it but they do blow half that guy's face off while he's running away and that was badass (laughs) it's like all right so they finally got him at first i thought he was gonna be dead for a minute right did you think so yeah 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 i was like there's no way you live through that they literally blew no. off half his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is crazy. So, meanwhile, cut to... Yeah. We, we follow the Nazi guy um, as he gets in the church. I think this is maybe the only time that we that we get a glimpse of a perspective that is not staying with the main character. Like, it doesn't happen very often in the movie. No. But the Nazi guy storms the church and gives himself two shots of that serum that we saw voice give to the other guy while the doc is like screaming for him to stop and they're like we've never tried it on the living it's unstable you can't do this and he's just like nope don't care (laughs) yeah don't care he's trying to live i guess right but two whole shots is fucked up and then he spins around and gives a face reveal with half his face hanging off that was pretty sick yeah for (laughs) sure big zombie vibes on that yeah the, like, one of the main criticisms I saw in reviews of this movie is that people went into this movie expecting a zombie storyline, like, mm-hmm. knew that it was somehow related to zombies, and then were disappointed by that. Wow. And I think I, I can see, I guess, like, if that was what you thought this movie was going to be, then experiencing it, like, it is, it's not really a zombie movie. Like, it, no. it kind of, sort of is, but not like it's how much you would more, think. Yeah, no, it's much more supernatural, I think, if anything. Yeah, supernatural and, um, like, surreal and just creative in general. But, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't even get... Right now, we're, like, two-thirds through the movie, like, so... <laughs> yeah. It, it's, like, this kind of stuff doesn't even start. It's, like, a twist. It's a plot twist. It's not, like the main focus of the story no it's it's like you know the the thing i I don't want to say this until the end so we'll keep going but i do have things i think to say about it on a whole okay you have thoughts you're saving for later yeah okay for sure (laughs) (laughs) this this is definitely like we're getting to the meat and potatoes of it at this point we're actually like uh, almost to the end sort of yeah so they rig another nazi like the main nazi guy's friend they kind of trick him and then they tie him to his motorcycle and rig him up with a grenade in his mouth with the pin taped to like yes duct tape on his mouth so he kind of scoots on into the the convent or whatever you want to call (laughs) their their spot in the church um he kind of scoots on in with this tape on his mouth and everybody's going, dude, like, what? What are you trying to say? Like, get the tape off his mouth. And so when they pull the tape off, they pull the they pin, pull the pin of this grenade and we get a <laughs> sick head explosion, which so I, I am a sucker for a cool head explosion. I love the shit. <laughs> I can't get enough of the stuff. I want to see heads exploding. For sure. Yes. Out so. of all the hell yeah moments in this movie, that is like <laughs> a... I, I remember when I watched that the first time, I was sitting in my living room and I saw that and I just went, woo! Like I gave a big Ric Flair. You gotta give a hoot and holler that. on that one. Yeah, for sure. That is probably single-handedly 
the the craziest shot in the whole field. Hell yeah. Yeah, it fucking rocks, <laughs> It dude. really is. It's just like, you know, and all of his homies are just like, oh, shit. <laughs> as soon as they see the pin come out. Yeah, he gets like... It's like a split second. He gets a head explode and then a boom, boom, and then everyone explodes. <laughs> so the head gets to go first. And you've got it, like people crawling mm, around without legs mm, and arms and stuff. Chef's and, kiss. Gorgeous. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> really putting the gore and gorgeous on that one. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> So they kind of split up their teams so that they have two guys outside who were helping do the distraction, bring all the guys outside for this bombing and killing people on the outside. And then you have the other two guys and the girl inside trying to get the boy and get to the tower. The the guys outside are just doing crazy murder. They're killing machines. They got all kind of guns. They are just knocking people out. <laughs> <laughs> the people inside, you've got Ford, the rude guy, um, setting up bombs around the signal blocker thingy. You got Boyce and the French girl fetching the young boy. They get the boy. Her and the boy are about to get out and a zombie goes after them. And so she has to flamethrower the zombie guy, too. That's mm-hmm. pretty sick again. <laughs> yeah, love a good flame scene. <laughs> a cool flamethrower. I mean, come on. Is there anything cooler? <laughs> no. Especially with a woman. I mean, that just rocks. Hell yeah. For sure. The little boy makes it out first because the lady had to stop and do a flamethrow. So <laughs> Tibbet, in an effort to protect the little boy, gets shot himself. Mm-hmm. But the boy, I mean, this was kind of the boy's moment to shine too when he runs out and he's like so scared and doesn't know where to go and there's all these like bullets going off all around him his acting in this scene was like so stellar like so good yeah i I would agree with that i think that little boy rocked inside we still have boyce and ford Ford. who encounter the evil nazi who is now like all juiced up on two shots and (laughs) basically strong as fuck and indestructible like i said earlier it's definitely like a final boss moment absolutely final boss yeah i saw a lot of like Reviews of this movie comparing the structure of the film to a video game, which I think definitely tracks. And I think it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of satisfying in that way as Mm -hmm. well. You'd love to play the game. I would love to play the game. If they made a game of this, I I would go out and play it tomorrow, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be pretty sick. A lot of people say it's kind of like Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein? Do you say Stein or Steen? I've never said it out loud, I guess. Steen, Stein. It's hard to say. Who's to say? You know? (laughs) I've never seen Wolfenstein. I think of it like Frankenstein. Yeah. Wolfenstein. I don't know. Anyway, a lot of people say it like feels like that in some ways. It's not based off of anything, but so I guess there kind of is a video game that's similar to, but not exactly like this. (laughs) But yeah, I do think it kind of, it is sort of structurally like a video game, but I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So this bumped up evil Nazi final boss guy hangs forward on a meat hook, which was like pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, all while Ford and and boys are finally setting up to do the thing that they were there to do at the yeah. beginning of the movie. They're they're laying the bombs. Moments from being able to light the bombs that they need to light, and then here comes final boss. 
but neither of them can kind of hurt him at all because he's amped up on two shots of the juice. Mm -hmm. So he's hanging in the air from a meat hook. He has to pull the meat hook out of his own body, like pull himself off of the meat hook, which was so intense. Yeah. And sick. (laughs) (laughs) And just to think about how much pain you would be in doing something like that. How much pain and how much strength it would take. Yeah. Because he is, like, fully suspended. Yeah, and he's already been whooped. So, like, (laughs) he might have broken ribs and stuff. Like, we don't know. But he does it. He does it, and he gives himself a shot of the juice to bring himself back to life. And uh, now they're both kind of indestructible in a way. So Ford's out to get, he's, like, in revenge mode at this point. Oh, yeah. Is what's going on. And they they gotta complete the mission. I mean, him of all the guys, the whole time has been the most focused on the mission. (laughs) That's so true. He's like, if I die, if I have to take a shot and I get really fucked up, I don't care as long as the mission gets completed. So Mm -hmm. he is singularly focused. Ford rolls this compressed air canister towards the crazy-ass Nazi guy, and Boyce shoots it, and it explodes. Since old dude flying. Sends his ass flying, but he doesn't die still after all that. No. Nope. But Ford ends up locking himself in the room with him. For some reason, there's just like a cage around this room that can, <laughs> with like a locking gate. Uh, who knows why? Um, and locks himself in this room with that guy. And this room is already lined up with bombs all around it. So all he's got to do is light the damn bombs. That's it. He basically does it. And uh, everything starts exploding while Boyce is running out of the building. Yeah. All the while, Boyce is sitting there begging him not to do it. He's like, look, we can both leave. Yeah. But then Ford is like, I I can't because I just took this crazy shot. And if I leave, then, you know, our government's going to have access to this too. And I just can't allow that. He's he's like, no one can have access to this. This is some crazy evil shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And respect. <laughs> and, and another thing that's so gnarly is like just as he's about to you know shoot these these the bombs to make the whole thing go up, you see that Nazi guy crawling out of this giant pit that he has just flown in mm-hmm. with all the other like super soldiers, like more and more of them coming on, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he lights lights the place the fuck up while Boyce is running out, and it's just really cool, like. Everything exploding with him trying to get out of the building and stuff falling down and exploding all around him. It look, just looks sick as hell, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> but all the all the baddies die, I'm presumably. Right. Boyce makes it back to, it's like kind of cut to base camp. And now we have a base camp. So people made it here. You hear on the radio them talking about American troops invading Hitler's Europe. So... You know that their mission was accomplished because people were able to hit those beaches they had been trying to hit. The little boy imitating Tibbet was very mm. cute, um, putting a match in his mouth and uh, <laughs> kind of like mimicking him. Um, that he had finally gotten on like the soft side of that guy was really cute. Mm-hmm. Boyce also lied to his army bosses about what they found down there as well. So he kind of ethically agreed with Ford yeah, and uh, was like, no, there was nothing down there. Just, uh, you know, the blocker thing. That was it. Yep. (laughs) 
And that's roll creds. Oh, my God. We just got through that so fast. I'm really surprised. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> I mean, we're still going, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. It was, it was it, you know. So, yeah, we roll creds. Mission accomplished. Like, it's very satisfying ending. And the movie's very tense the whole time. But everything kind of wraps up. So what were your thoughts you were holding in? Where do I start? Uh, okay, it's it's awesome. I think after watching <laughs> it, I was I was very satisfied with finally being able to sit down and see this movie. Hell yeah! I'll say that um, it is a roller coaster of a ride. Mm-hmm. All the actors they do amazing. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. It definitely sends you into this really eerie place. I think you know, and and yeah. in a very unique place too, just because you don't see a lot of people taking. Okay, what would happen if a horror scenario, if a supernatural scenario happened right in the middle of turn of the century industrial society, you know? Yeah. It's it's like it you don't see that a lot. Yeah, that's true. I think. But it's cool and it's cool that they, they chose to do that with this film. I think the one thing that kind of bothered me about the film when I was watching it is not the fact that it's, you know, like you said, a lot of people had complaints that it wasn't just a, a dedicated zombie movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. I think what bothers me the most is that at times it doesn't decide where it wants to land being a movie. I think like because it, it's a supernatural movie set in a wartime, but at times it feels like you are questioning whether you're watching a supernatural movie or a war movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, I think there are just some points where it struggles to blend both of the elements together. Okay. I think. I guess I could see that. I don't think that was something that I struggled with, but I guess I could see that critique. Maybe it's just like hard, you know what I mean? It feels like it's just like hard panning sometimes, mm-hmm. but not enough to, to distract from the fact that it's, you know, you're just constantly in awe at all the wild crazy shit happening <laughs> you know i mean i just think this movie is so fun and so creative and mm-hmm. you know obviously such an interesting take on <laughs> a world war ii movie that's for sure 100 <laughs> percent. it's it's not your mom and pa's world war ii movie no. that's for damn sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like why did they specifically need it to be World War Two? I don't know. That's just like an interesting war to pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... Cause I, I think Hitler was into a lot of crazy supernatural shit. So I think maybe it's loosely based. Like it's a play on that. I guess. And yeah, I, I guess you're right that we do know that one thing about the Nazis was that they had evil Nazi doctors who were doing experiments on people. Yeah. I guess that is true. We do know that. That makes sense. Just interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it definitely takes it to a whole new level. It take it takes 
that little piece of information from that time period stretches mm-hmm. it out on a canvas and then paints it like the goriest color you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. I mean, the gore in this film is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals, incredible. The acting, incredible. I love this movie. Um, if you have to rate this out of five, what are you picking? Oh my God. I'm going with a four, four and a half, I think. Yeah. That's where I'm going to land on it. I think I go four and a half, too. And yeah, this is a great a, movie. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's create like like you said, it's a creative movie. Um, you're not, you know, the, the actors in it, they're not well-known actors, which honestly is like a good thing. Yeah. You're more focused on the characters themselves mm-hmm. and not who's playing who, which is really cool. Yeah. And I love I love a movie that surprises me. You know, for sure. And I watch a lot one. of movies and it, it can be hard to be surprised sometimes. But mm-hmm. when you find one that really gets you, it sticks out, you know, mm-hmm. and I think more people need to see this. Yeah, definitely. So I do not know how this like went to the wayside. Yeah, I just it baffles me. Even in 2018, I said this is one of my favorite movies of that whole year was yeah. this movie. And I don't know like anybody who's seen it. I don't know how. <laughs> I think it's so sick. <laughs> it deserves more cred than it has. That's what I know. I mean, it's got all the elements. It's it's, you know, it's scary, but it's packed with action. It's full of adventure. Mm-hmm. It's shocking, it's surprising. It's it's everything you could ever want. Yeah. Anyway, watch this movie. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. So in this part of the pod, we just talk about whatever else we've been watching lately. Any movies, shows, whatever. So what you been watching? Well, I I love the latest stuff coming out. The Mm -hmm. latest sci-fi stuff. We just got done watching the latest season of Stranger Things. And that Mm. was really, really good, I thought. I've been watching. I'm such a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. And so I have watched all the Star Wars things that have come out so far. And... Honestly, love what they have done with taking that universe and putting it into a half an hour, 45 minute oh, time yeah? block. Yeah, it is incredible what they have been able to do with that amount of time for that Hell yeah. you know, series. So which series is that right now? So right now, Kenobi's out and okay. I haven't finished it yet. Um, I think it actually just wrapped last night. But you're loving it so far. I'm loving it. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Book of Boba Fett uh, had come out, I think, in the wintertime. And it was amazing, too. I didn't know there were so Um, many. I mean, they're just, you know. They're cranking them out They're cranking them out, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) It's like. Hell yeah. It's it's a lot. But what, so what have you been watching? Okay, I got a couple things. Okay. I watched a Scorsese film, Bringing Out the Dead. Okay. It has Nick Cage, Patricia Arquette. I had never seen it before. I think it's from the late 90s, probably. But it was amazing. It rocked. I think it's one of my fave Nick Cage. It's one of my fave Scorsese. It was gorgeous and uh, well made, and I I loved it. 
that Scorsese guy, you know, he had a point at certain points in his career. <laughs> and I also like am a freak for Patricia Arquette. So uh, mm-hmm. I just love that movie. I watched a David Lynch film too, not to just pick all like huge directors, but I've never seen a lot of movies by these big directors. So I'm trying to now. So I watched a David Lynch film called Wild at Heart, which also randomly has Nick Cage in it and Laura Dern. That's also, I think, got to be one of my favorite, if not my favorite, David Lynch films that I've seen so far, bearing in mind that that's like the third David Lynch film I've ever seen. So So I haven't seen many, (laughs) but I just really liked that movie. I thought it was sick, wild at heart. I watched a film called Concrete. This is like more of a DIY film by this director, Lucas Feigelfeld who wrote and directed another movie I've talked about on pod before called Hagazusa. So I was looking through his filmography. Um, I really loved Hagazusa, and he made this film called Concrete. It's like, I don't even think it's an hour long, but it's like, uh, what's it called when it's like a handheld cam? Um, oh, it's a, it's a found footage, right? Sort of like a found footage, yeah. And it's just like this couple who are like a chaos couple who are just like raising hell all around town um, and recording their day together, basically. They like rob places and people. They break into apartments. They just are like raising absolute hell. But I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it was uh, really cool. And uh, I love his other movie, Hagazusa. So check that out, Concrete. Lastly, I watched a, I've got a, a short and feature combo done by the same director, Harrison Atkins. The short is called I Love to Wait, and that also has like Whitmer Thomas in it and uh, Sunita Mani. And then the feature is called Lace Crater. They're a really cool pair to watch together, I think. Um, Lace Crater was awesome. It's like uh, these people go to a house party and a chick sleeps with a ghost has sex with a ghost and gets like a weird std from it oh shit that's crazy (laughs) it's like an insane plot or insane premise and uh i just really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the short and the feature and Mm -hmm. um i think they pair really well together so i love to wait and lace crater both by harrison atkins i recommend and that's my things for now (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to check those out. Hell yeah. They're all, it's uh, mostly freak shit. So any freaks out there, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit them up. I just put out a new album with my friends. Uh, it's called Felt Like Eternity. It's under the moniker I use called Townsville Turner. Um, my friends and I spent the past, you know, two thirds of a year working on it and we put so much time and effort into it. And so if anyone wants to check that out, that would be really, really cool. Hell yeah. And we mentioned your new music video, which I can put in the show notes if anybody wants to watch. It's pretty cute. It's mainly uh, dilly bopping out, rocking out, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Illegally driving a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't mention in the pod that we're such old buddies, but 
We are. That's true. <laughs> we go back pretty far now. Yeah. Can you believe you were just a young boy when I met you? And in fact, you still uh-huh. are because our age difference remains the same. That's true. <laughs> um, do you want people to follow you online anywhere? Um, if if they're into that, they can find me at Townsville Turner on anything. But otherwise, you know. I'm just, I'm just chilling. We hate to be perceived. Just listen to the yeah, music and don't look just... them in the eyes. <laughs> Please, whatever you do. Hell yeah. Well, that was a great ep. So thanks, Dilly, for joining me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Anytime. Hell yeah. And we'll see everybody else next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we'll have to do another one. What? You, yeah, we will. Like, you know, when your thousands of fans have listened to this season, we can do a, like a special. And it's like grandma brings back their friends to talk about yeah. <laughs> b- behind the filming of the app, behind the scenes. We can always do another hey, one. If you want to, if all, if all you're trying to do is, is bullshit and talk about some cool movies, I, I can do that anytime. Hell yeah. I can try and get a little bit better about it. This is. Huh. This is cool though. I you know, you. I know you're right and you mm. and you hit the nail on the head. I just haven't had a lot of time to watch movies in the past couple of years of my life. Mm-hmm. But in high school, I had a friend named JP and he was a true like filmaholic. Mm-hmm. He loved films and he introduced me to a lot of really good films. And so that's what we would do. You just watch a bunch of films together. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a Friday night back when I was 16, 17 years old, was going over to his grandma's house and we would just stay up all night. We'd pull all nighters, but just like watching these crazy films and he would be like, and how does this make you feel? You know, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what were some that you remember from that time? Well, okay. And I know we've talked about how dated like the suffering is at this point, but I mean, still, there are some great films, I think, that have been made on suffering. And so Mm -hmm. like the first time I ever watched American History X was at his house. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. a very thought provoking film, you know, you know, the content is crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would ever fly today, but you know. That it, that it was, was culturally shocking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It <laughs> was mm-hmm. definitely culturally culturally shocking, you know. Yeah. But that was like the first time I watched that. It was the first time I watched a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I think there was not where we binge all of the Puppet Master movies at his place. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of that series. So So you had a Big love for film as a youngster that you weren't able to nurture due to yeah, working. Due, due to working. Due to due to rural Dang. ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> Had to tend to the That's farm. Sad. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But you still love movies somewhere inside. I, I do. That's I do awesome. love a good film. I've yeah. always preferred them to TV shows. Yeah. There was a time where I was just watching so many shows. And when it got to be pandemic and we were suddenly like there was nothing else to do (laughs) besides Mm -hmm. watch TV, basically, I was like blasting through shows at such an alarming rate. (laughs) I was like (laughs) and like most of them are not even good. Right. Like I don't care about what's happening. 
Um, I'm even actively pissed off at what's happening. <laughs> like it's so stupid and I just keep watching it or, uh, you know, there's just like a lot of filler in TV shows. So I had made like a resolution to stop watching TV shows and only watch movies. So that uh, I switched then, you know, mm-hmm. like in 2020. And since then, I think I've maybe watched like three or four seasons of television of any television show. And it's now 2022. Yeah. Because I also was like my watch list of stuff I want to watch is growing and growing all every day i add something else like oh i've been meaning to watch this or like oh i want to check this out that's coming out or whatever you know mm-hmm. and i'm like that watch list is growing i'm never watching movies because i'm watching all these stupid shows that i don't even care about <laughs> so i was like <laughs> let's start watching films again yeah so that's cool yeah so now i just watch movies all the time but the thing is the watch list still doesn't shrink because every time you watch something, you find something else, you know, like, oh, I watched this and I really like the director. So now I want to watch all his other stuff or I like this actor. So now I want to check out whatever else they're in or whatever. You just like find more the more you watch, too, you know, so it kind of still doesn't shrink, but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.